Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the People of Packaging podcast. I am your host with the Holy Ghost, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. I don't know why I get a kick out of saying that every time, but you know, it's here. It's a thing. It's a thing, everybody. It's just a thing, and it'll pass at some point in time. Uh, hey, make sure you go check out uh, what I got going on over there on TikTok at Packaging Pastor. If you haven't already followed me, that would be super cool. Uh, if you've got some products you want me to review, hit me up, send me an email, adam at peopleofpackaging.com. On today's episode, we are going to have Kyle Strensky and Ashley Drew from UPM Raffle Tech. And listen, if you don't think labels play a role in sustainable packaging, then you are wrong. Labels play a massive role in packaging and product decoration. And we get to hear the role that UPM Raffle Tech is playing. And along with that, if you don't know about your sustainability, if you don't know what kind of an impact you're having, I want to make sure that you are checking out our friends at SpecRite. Go to specrite.com backslash PKG. They have just some incredible partnerships with top software for palletization and making sure that all of your shipments are going out the right way, that your pallets are right. Uh, because you have your spec right, you can also uh, see what they're doing with Compass and pulling LCAs and running comparisons. It's it's incredible. You've got to know your data. You've got to know your specs. So go to specright.com backslash PKG. I'm so thankful for their partnership and all the work that they're doing. And now let's get to this interview with Kyle and Ashley from UPM RaffleTech. All right, I'm joined today by two incredible humans working for a really awesome company. So I've got Ashley Drew, and Ashley is the sustainability manager at UPM RaffleTech, along with Kyle Strensky, and he is the business director or a business director. It it matters. It, a business director. A not, not he, is, <laughs> he is a business director. Uh, what's the if you you had a really long fun title give it just give it to us all the whole thing all right so it's a business director in the films and specials business unit for the americas and then there's even more because i handle certain end use categories of like hpc food beverage retail and and on so how does that fit on a business card it doesn't do you well. need an extended <laughs> you need like an extended text label give it all just an ar of you popping up it just says it just says kyle and then it and then you scan it and then your face pops up like uh you know like in in uh, well, star wars where like they start yeah. talking i'm not a big star wars fan but you know and then then you just start talking you have to give your whole title and you gotta i think you've got something it. there we, we can have marketing work on that make it happen the cool. qr code on it i like but i like how it should pop up yeah yeah just yeah. Easy, easy enough. I'm surprised it hasn't already happened, honestly. Well, thank you both for joining me here uh, on, on the People of Packaging podcast. I'm excited to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, given my background in the industry, uh, which is labels and film and how does that impact sustainability with packaging and we're going to get into all sorts of fun things. But first of all, I wanted to give each of you an opportunity to just do an introduction. So how long have you been there? You know, where, where, what industry did you come from? Where'd you graduate school? What's your favorite cryptocurrency? Just general basic things. I, actually, I'll have you go first. So why don't you do a quick introduction? 
All right, thanks, Adam. Uh, so I'm Ashley Drew, like like you mentioned, and I am the Sustainability Manager for UPM Raffle Tech Americas region. Um, so I've been with Raffle Tech about six months now, so I'm still fairly new to labels and packaging, but have a pretty diverse background in environmental science and sustainability, having started my career within manufacturing and then most recently the wine industry. So I'm super excited to be here. I have big shoes to fill. Um, a lot's going on in sustainability and we're super passionate about it. So we're definitely excited to talk to you here today. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So you said that you were in the wine industry. Yes. Interesting with like a, a, a specific winery yeah. or. Yeah, I worked for two, two large wine companies. Um, the first Gallo, EJ Gallo winery, the second I've heard of them. treasury. Tre yeah. Treasury wine estates most recently. Um, so spent some time, some time out in California managing some environmental programs at the, at the winery sites. So that was a really fun experience. That's awesome. Good, good I, insight I, into like the brand level of things. Yeah, no doubt. I, I would uh, like, this is a whole other question and podcast, I'm sure, but <laughs> I've always been fascinated by sustainability within the wine industry when it comes to like if I buy a bottle of wine from like Spain or France, like when you think about the fact that like you're shipping liquid in glass across the world, it's like, what? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if this is the best, the best option for me. So I just, I just opt for uh wine in a box that is in a bag. Uh, there you that go. Yeah. <laughs> every, everything has, everything has a payoff, um, good or bad. You yeah. know, it's not always shipped in, in wine glass bottles. Sometimes it's like big, you know, tanker trucks or, or, you know, cargo ships and, and oh, and then just filled locally. So, yeah, depends depends on the the wine, depends on the the blend and what they're doing with it. But um, it's also shipped at different stages of production. So oh, yeah, it's a interesting. Like yeah. I said, that, it's like free. That's like that's like a free part time, like a free mini podcast we just got there about yeah. <laughs> the supply chain for wine, and uh, that's cool. Well, awesome, Ashley, and congratulations on uh, on on the new job over there at UPM Raffle Tech. It's, it's a super innovative company doing great things. And um, I don't think Tyler has that big a feat. I think you're going to do just fine. <laughs> yeah. He, he seems, seems just like a nice guy. I've gotten to meet him. So uh, yeah, it's a very, very tight knit community. Um, every, everyone's super excited to be here and everyone's been really welcoming and helping to onboard me. So I'm grateful for that. That's great. And Kyle with the long title. Um, what, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, sure thing. <clears throat> so I've been with Rapotech for over five years now. Uh, my background, though, I actually graduated uh, from Penn State in material science and engineering and ceramics. So that was a little different than what I'm doing now, but you know, worked in a lot of different engineering disciplines. Uh, so got to see, you know, when you talk about glass and understanding recyclability, you know, of that. And yeah, but then also, you know, finally moved into like cosmetics industry and worked for, you know, some brands and manufacturing, got into some printing as well. And then back into package development, uh, learned a lot for some personal care uh, company. And, and then, you know, started to, to venture into this direction of going into like sales and business development and, and now a, a business director role. So it's kind of a wide variety of engineering and, and packaging to see it from a lot of different uh, directions. As some people would say, you joined the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And packaging is a, a tight knit, you know, yeah. uh, group. Yeah, you, you see people all the time and get to know them. And it's in a lot of ways, it's a, it's a great thing. 
Do you find that that background in kind of material science and manufacturing when it comes to business development, a business development role, I would think in our industry would be a, a really big benefit to you? Because uh, there's a lot of people like me, like my background, I was a, I was a pastor. So it's not, you know, when it comes to like speaking like very highly technical components and, and understand, like, I just don't, my mind doesn't even work that the last math class I took was in high school. So, you know, I would imagine when you're sitting down with, you know, with converters or even like the, the customers of converters um, and, and you have to go through a lot of these more technical conversations I would think that would be a super big benefit to you along with the team. You're, you're allowed to brag about yourself, by the way. <laughs> well, thanks. Adam. Yeah, no, but don't it, let them do that too much. <laughs> ah, we've got time. No, the, uh, but it, it is uh, to be able to go in front of somebody and have either like been in their shoes before, you know, in those positions and to be able to understand and not having to go back and ask like five other people, what's this mean? Uh, it really does help the conversation. Um, it's also it is kind of difficult though, because, you know, today's world trying to keep up then on what's going on and, and participating in the sustainability conferences, you know, different programs, events, like uh, just to be at the latest as, as everything's moving these days uh, so that you can share that information and, and make sure that people are, are doing the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not hard. Just get on TikTok. You'll learn everything <laughs> you need to know. <laughs> Uh, I totally agree. It's, it's, it is a little daunting. So speaking of these events, I was, as we were kind of talking pre show, I was mentioning, I, I did an event. I, I can't remember time to me. I don't know what has happened with you all, but since COVID, like I really struggle with the relative nature of time. Cause I feel like it's both gone very quick and really slow. And so I don't remember, I think I'm pretty sure it was over a year ago. It was during COVID, but I, I did an event with uh, TLMI where we talked about the label industry and it was myself and then Kate Christian, who's been a guest on the podcast from EcoCycle. And we talked about the impact that labels have on recycling and recycling rates. And and I know that UPM Raffletech has been a a big innovator in that space. And, and the title of it was labels are a necessary problem. And the reason we titled it, that was because it's the, it's the truth. So you, you can't, it's hard to get aluminum cans that are decorated right now. So how else are you going to tell your consumers what it is and put all of the things you have to put on it? If you're a micro brew or if you're a kombucha company, you got to put a label on it or a shrink sleeve, on. you got to do something to it. Uh, until digital can printing really picks up. So we're, we're left in this weird conundrum in the industry where it's, it's like, yeah, we get it. It's annoying, but we're all trying to make that a little bit less annoying. So one of the things that I, I found really fascinating is this, is the idea of PET recycling. So PET recycling is becoming a really big deal because of all these statements that brands have made about the PCR content that they're going to use in their, in their packaging. And we're seeing a lot of innovation around PET recycling, but labels play a role in that as well. So what, what is UPM raffle tech doing to help enable quicker, more efficient PET recycling? Because most PET does get a label put on it. Yeah. 
So I guess I can I can kick off with that one and Kyle, please jump in if I if I miss anything. But yeah, it's definitely an issue within the recycling industry and, and also layering on the fact that recycling is different in each locality and different recyclers can accept or process different types of materials in different ways. All of that kind of layers into the complexity. But you know, in general, the majority of pressure sensitive labels don't make a package unrecyclable, but some can be considered better than others as they go through the recycling process. And, you know, we, we try to, um, you know, structure our sustainable product portfolio in a way that that really helps the customer, um, the helps them better able to design for recycling. Um, you know, whether that means using a wash off uh, product or, or something that's more compatible with the, the main packaging component that they're trying to design recycling for. Um, so that's kind of what we look at and, you know, we definitely make sure to, to align with the, the APR um, acceptable and preferred guidelines whenever we can also. So is it true then that, and Kyle, maybe you can answer this. I don't know that if I've got, if I've got, the, if I've got a PET container or a bottle and I'm going to go through the APR, if I'm going to recycle, obviously you can't speak on behalf of the APR, but from what I understand, if I don't put a, a label on there with a wash-off adhesive, the parts that, if it's on a bottle, the part where the label is touching, if it doesn't wash off, ends up being, con is it contaminant? And so that doesn't get, either one of you can answer this, but I've yeah. always been sort of unclear because <clears throat> it's, it's not going to not recycle. It's just not going to recycle all of the available PET that could be recycled. Is that how that works? Well, it's, it's, it's more of, if you think about it, you've got all these, all these bottles going in there. So you've got some with wash off and, and some not. So the more we can get with a wash off and it doesn't matter if it's a, when a lot of times the focus is on label, but at the end of the day, it's decorating, right? You know, if they, if they can do direct print, if that matches what they want, if they're doing shrink film, if they're doing IML, whatever, you know, pressure sensitive labels, but at the end of the day, how, what's the quality of that material? through the recycling process and can the brands reuse it because if they can't and it goes towards textiles you know carpeting clothing whatever you know is that really the place when brands as you mentioned you know they're getting these lofty goals 25 percent, 30 percent, 50 percent. is there enough out there today no not if every brand did it it doesn't matter if you're hdp pet i mean so it's an interesting you know we have goals how do we get there so yeah i mean so what Raffletech did is, yeah, we, you know, made sure that we've got a product that washes it off on, on PET through the PET recycle stream. Now, those materials that don't, whether it's a, a paper label that's in it that, that sinks to the bottom, that could be a cut and stack label, right? It could be one of those. And they, they make it through the system and they end up in the bottom of the tank. Uh, that will actually, through the drying process, you know, we'll put like flex in and some basically starts changing the color of your PET, you know, flakes that you've yeah, got. Which is no up. good. No good. Same thing with a permanent adhesive, you know, it will start to brown or yellow the PET. So what happens is you go from this high quality PET that can make it through the stream and sell, let's face it, you know, the recyclers aren't there, you know, giving everything away. I mean, they're, they're there to running a business. So they need to be able to have a high quality product. So yeah, at the end of the day, you start downgrading it. And, yeah. and so instead of it being able to go bottle to bottle type of, of flake, and, and that's where you do have certain streams that will, but yeah, anything that remains on, it could be that ink that's direct printed on. Yes. Yeah, so it's not all, again, I, it's not all like a press sensitive label and adhesive, but 
you know, if the shrink sleeve, you know, the PET G goes to the bottom and doesn't remove, if it's direct print on the bottle and it doesn't come off cleanly, if it's label material, pressure sensitive label adhesives. So yeah, it basically downgrades it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the wash off is going to be kind of the gold standard critical guidance recognized like level. But I think generally, um, you know, standard PP or PE labels with water-based adhesive are also acceptable, um, you know, with the caveats that, you know, certain recyclers may or may not be able to process quite everything. But, Got it. Got it. That, and so if, if there's a brand that's out there listening and they've got PET containers or HDPE containers, it sounds like maybe I'll pause here for a second. HDPE sounds like it has a wider range of acceptable materials. Is that correct? Or am I, am I missing that in terms of, uh, in terms of the recyclability? Well, yeah. No, I was just going to say, yeah, generally standard PP or PPE, excuse me, labels with water-based adhesive are preferred for HDPE um, and PP containers. Um, Also, if removed, the PET labels um, sink, but uh, many HDPE and PP containers need those conformable labels. So there's a little bit of, you know, trickiness in there, but definitely, you know, standard paper labels are not preferred in, in any of these category plastic categories, but yeah. 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 And just a quick add to, I mean, because the HTP stream is traditionally like colored bottles, you know, you don't get a lot of like natural stream through. If you go to the shelves today, there's colorant added typically in almost all, you know, not every, but in, in many. So therefore you can have that label, you know, and ink remaining on an adhesive because at the end of the day, it'll probably blend it right and put into an inner layer or, or something into a multi-layer HDP bottle. Um, polypropylene, we're just trying to get the U.S. to get on board with more, you know, that recycling rate for polypropylene. Yeah. But it, yeah, the, so polyethylene on polyethylene is obviously great. Polypropylene and polypropylene, those are, those are the best solutions, but you can have, you know, some crossover according to um, what we hear at APR. Got it. Okay. Well, that's, that's great to know. So as brands are looking at their labels in 2022 and beyond and ways to improve their own sustainability scorecards, working with their vendors, whatever it might be through SGP or EcoVadis or any, how to recycle any of these different organizations, what, what might they expect from a, well, I'll ask you this. Has it been cost prohibitive for brands? I, I've never understood why brands don't just do it. Do you know uh, why, if you have a PET container, why not make every single PET container have, and you have to put a label on it. Why not have them all with wash off adhesive? What, what's the reason why a brand wouldn't do that right now? Is it mostly just cost? Is it material availability? What's prohibiting that from just becoming the, the, the not just the gold standard, but like the only or the primary standard? Yeah, and we're pushing for that that standard to be accepted. At, you know, like at the APR, it's like to say paper is detrimental, but why aren't permanent adhesives? Why is that? Why is that still considered acceptable? You know, if it can make it, you know, uh, not as great quality. Yeah, if it degrades the, the day, value, and and we need more PCR PET available, degraded value of that is not helping recycling, and it's not accomplishing the goal. Yeah, but to your point, I mean, a lot of people were in paper labels. I mean, they were one of you know the first, right? That came out before film labels. So when people were in there, that's just a lower 
you know, cost material than, you know, like a polypropylene. At the end of the day, whether it's 60 pound paper versus a, a 50 micron polypropylene, you're going to pay less just for the, the material cost alone. So sure. I think when brands start seeing that and they're going from that label to a wash off, it's not necessarily the adhesive that's preventing it. It's a total construction. And then they say, like, well, that cost me a penny and I make, I got two labels on a bottle and I got a hundred million bottles out there. And then somebody starts crunching the numbers and say, like, what's going to cost me, you know, X amount. Um, and that's, but if you're on a film label today with permanent and you're going to a wash off that the barrier to doing so should be so minimal, if any, uh, and yeah, we still don't understand. I think a lot of it's education yeah. brands, especially small brands. And hopefully they're listening to your podcast. Like the, they understand that these solutions are out there and they're necessary. Yeah. So I'm really big in Iceland. Apparently I got a note the other day saying your podcast is number 17 in social issues in Iceland. I was like, Oh, well, all right. That's amazing. I'll go to Reykjavik. Yeah. Just to tack on to what Kyle was saying, I think also, you know, not just thinking about cost, but that's kind of where we step in and provide more benefit is how can we let these brands and our customers know what the value is just not not just by a dollar figure but what other value are these products providing the brand and the customer um and i think eventually you know it's gonna it's gonna pay off and be worth it as the economy slowly transitions from a linear based economy to a more circular model um so i think that's where we're trying to come come out ahead and explain that value better to our customers yeah. And if there's a brand listening and you're worried about, I'm not saying don't be worried about the cost of your labels. That's not what I'm trying to say. But if you look at the overall cost of goods sold of a product and you factor in an increase of 15% on your, your pressure sensitive label cost, when you actually run the numbers, it's a, it is a fraction of a percentage increase in your total cost of goods sold for a lot of marketing dollar gain for uh, just the benefit of society gain. You know what I mean? Just making it, ma- making your packaging easier to recycle benefit benefits everybody for it's, it's, a, it's an incremental, it's a really incremental part of your overall cost of goods sold. And, and in, in a day and age where unfortunately we're seeing a lot of inflationary pressures, but what that, what that also means is consumers are, are, willing to pay more up to 10% more for products that they believe are making a positive impact on the environment. So I totally agree with you. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I still, to this day, don't understand why brands would do it, but I don't make decisions for brands. So I just, I'm always curious to, to get other people's perspective. Well, as we're, as we're sort of nearing the, the end of the interview here, I did want to touch on one product that you all have that has always been really fascinating to me. And it's this uh, fossil fuel free polypropylene label. I, you call it forest film. Is that right? Forest film. Yes. Yeah. And how that contributes to circularity in, in a circular economy, but not only that, but the, the impact that has on, on the carbon emissions that are created from, from making the label. So I'd like, I'd love to have you touch on that. And one thing we didn't talk about that if you if we have time, you could also dig into is uh, the the idea of recycling liners. Is that 
Is that still something that's happening? I have, I didn't even, <laughs> I just yes, realized I'm like, I didn't even ask you if that was okay. So if you, yeah. so maybe touch on both of those, because these are things that most, that most people don't think about, you know, when it comes to a, 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 a BOPP label or what are they going to do with their, their PET liners? They don't, they don't think about these sort of, again, like low hanging fruits, they can, that can make a pretty big difference in sustainability. So if you guys want to talk about both of those, the product and also the liner recycling service, I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll start off, Kyle, jump in at any time. Um, so yeah, Force Film is a really cool product, very innovative. Um, it's actually made from a byproduct of the wood pulping process. So what we do is we take the pulp from that sustainably managed forest that goes through the pulping process. And through that, um, we capture what's called crude tall oil in order to produce bio-naphtha. And it's then sent to a resin producer and made into film products. It's a very, very, very simplified version. And Kyle can add in more color um, on top of that. But the, the real benefit you're getting from utilizing a forest film product um, versus a traditional fossil-based product material is that no additional resources were actually extracted from the environment to create that product and to produce that product. So over the lifetime of the forest film product, you can see kind of an immense payback on its carbon footprint. The forest film product will always be lower than the standard based product because of that carbon that it's, um, you know, started off in the negative, if you will, um, in its lifetime. So it's will really it run through a traditional digital press, flexo press? It doesn't Absolutely no difference in it. And whether it's our, the forest polypropylene or the forest polyethylene, and that's the key. I mean, you wouldn't know the difference unless you, I think it's like a carbon 14 dating. Like that's the only way to tell if you had like two labels and they, they look identical, they perform identical. Uh, it's just one, you know, came from a fossil base and one came through our, our, you know, uh, pulp mill system and, and creating with the bio nafta. So. Cool. Yeah. And then, and then, tying up the the circle of circularity when <laughs> when a label's been put on a bottle or on a container or whatever it is there there tends to be a lot of liner left over that's collected on the on the application machine so what can brands do that that they can recycle that now if it's a certain a certain type of liner correct yeah so that, that release liner material is generally recyclable. Um, we do still have um, in operation our wrap cycle program. Um, so what that program does is just creates additional value for our customers and brands through helping ensure that release liner is recycled instead of landfilled or whatever else they're, they're doing with it. Um, so through offering this program at, at typically neutral, um, cost neutral or um, cost savings, we uh, ensure right now in the America's region, about 300 tons of liner gets recycled in North America and Canada. Um, globally, we have over 250 partners enrolled in the program. Currently in the U.S. and Canada, we're at about eight. So we're a much younger program here, uh, but we are planning on growing this pretty substantially in the next couple of years, um, expanding our geographic locations where we can offer the service. But basically, yeah, the, the consumer, um, not the consumer, the customer or the brand owner collects that liner material. And once they've kind of reached an agreed upon amount, we handle the logistics and coordinating that to um, a recycler that takes that. And it can be PET or, or paper liner. Um, oh, so both. Have, yeah, yeah. So we have third okay. party recycling partners we work with. Um, for example, the, the paper liner typically has that silicone coating mm -hmm. on the back of it. 
Um, most of that goes to um, a partner called Sustana, and they have a process oh, yeah. where they are able to remove that that silicone liner and and kind of reprocess that. Um, and a lot of that does actually, uh, you may have heard of our uh, label loop product line. A lot of that actually gets turned back into label materials. So oh, that's, that's kind cool. of how, yeah, it's how we're working towards a circular economy there. But we also have it available for PET liner as well. Sustana does some incredible things. So that's cool that you're, you're partnering up with them. Very cool company. And Adam, if, if I can just add Please. one more thing to it, not, not to the raft cycle, because Ashley, you know, killed it with it. So, um, but, you know, we, we had mentioned, I just, I thought in my head about, you know, paper and what's detrimental, what's not, but at the end of the day, when brands are looking, they should also be, okay, recyclability, end of life, you know, getting it back in. But for those that, you know, what they're using is a paper today, there's more sustainable papers, right? There's more sustainable films, whether it's thin or whether it's bio-based, PCR-based. Um, and I got to give a mention to that we actually just came out with a carbon neutral, you know, paper product in our next plus range. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get that in the films and special, you know, category, but, you know, it's one that, you know, we find some brands that that's, that's a key thing for them is carbon neutrality. You know, they do it for their, you know, the energy of their plant, right? They do it for all these other things. They're trying to figure out, well, how else can we make an, a, you know, improvement on the environment overall? So these are, you know, just different products, either it's, you know, thinner, definitely more, you know, sustainable by, you know, the proper forest, you know, initiatives, uh, you know, how it's calculated, you know, the, using the carbon trust and, you know, so that's a nice thing. Using science to back up, you know, your claims, uh, yeah. a lot better solution than what we probably all have seen out there. That's right. I, we don't do anything about what, without credible data and verification, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And anymore, it's it, it's hopefully going to be a required thing. You know, you got to show your work. I, I had to do that when I was in elementary, middle school and high school. So it seems like we should all be having to show our work and have that be validated by by credible institutions, not just your your cousin's Facebook feed. Absolutely. <laughs> we yeah. agree. Awesome. Well, Ashley and Kyle, it's been incredible to have both of you on. I know I've, I've learned, I, I've been in the label industry for 11 years now, and I still love talking with people because there's still things just in the label, just label adhesives. I'm just like, oh, geez, there's so much to know about label adhesives. <laughs> It's just it's it's such a it's such a fascinating industry, and I learned a lot. I hope our listeners learned a lot. How would people get in touch with either yourselves or UPM Raffle Tech if they wanted to know more about a specific program, a specific item, just questions about sustainability? Uh, Kyle, I'll let you start with with that. How would someone get in touch with you or some folks in your division as as business director? Yeah, I mean the easiest way is obviously email you know, to us. Uh, and mine's just first uh, dot last name. So Kyle.strensky at upmraffletech.com. So it's a, it's a bit of a lengthy, lengthy email, but I think that's not as long as your title. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Are you on LinkedIn at all? Yes. Yeah. And I'm the only one in the world with this name. So pretty easy to track me down for the good or bad. Yeah. It's me and a rugby player in Scotland, I think. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I got the same name. We're both on LinkedIn, so feel free to reach out to us any anytime through there or our email addresses. And then we also have a 
a dedicated sustainability mailbox that, that you could send a question to. It's just sustainability at upmraffletack.com. So those are great ways to get in touch with all us. Right. Get all those written down. Those will be in the show notes. So everyone can just easily click on them if you're wanting to send an email or I'll have your website up and all that kind of good stuff. So Ashley and Kyle, thank you both so much for taking the time to educate and inform and help save the planet in the, in the best ways that we can, right? We're, we're all, we're all doing our part. So I really appreciate both coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Adam. Yeah, for sure. Hey, that wraps up another edition of the People of Packaging podcast. It would mean so much if you would like and share, rate, review, subscribe, because we want to change the world because we believe that packaging is awesome.